Okay, Kelly, are you ready to play a game? Yes, I am. All right, so I'm going to give you three quotes from the same movie. You've got to see if you can figure out what I'm going to talk about today. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, here we go. Quote number one. We don't want to hurt you. We just want to kidnap you. Do you need number two? Yes, please. Okay. Um, this one has one of the words from the movie title in it. A ninja is honest and good. His mind, body, and spirit are one. He has self-control. He has discipline. Three ninjas. Yes! I didn't think anybody was going to get it. Congratulations. Thank you for playing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Rocky loves Emily. Rocky loves Emily. Welcome back to A Bit of Fun with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. So this is season two, where we're talking about 80s and 90s kids movies we grew up loving and sometimes fearing. And this is another one that just falls into the loving camp. It's ridiculous. It's campy. Uh, and it's one that I think I first saw at the drive-in movie theater, if I remember correctly. One of my favorite summer outings is always going to the drive-in. And I feel like I went to the theater where they had three different screens and I hopped between a couple different ones. For some reason, Free Willy is stuck in my head. I don't know. I don't, I could probably look up if they came out about the same time, but that just didn't make it into my lazy internet research, which we'll just kind of dive right into. Oh, did I even tell you what we were watching? No, I didn't. Oh my goodness. It's like I've not made any of these before. Today, we are talking about three ninjas. All right, that lazy internet research. So when Disney, this this cracks me up, when Disney acquired the distribution rights to this film, the studio found it too violent. Too violent. The filmmakers responded by adding cartoon sound effects to lessen the violence. The American version of the film also cut not numerous parts of scenes, uh, most likely to secure a PG rating. I, it just makes me very curious what was taken out because there was nothing in this movie that in my opinion, is too violent or even remotely inappropriate. It kind of is an interesting conversation, one that, you know, you look back at some of the 80s movies, you're like, there is no way this should have been rated PG. And then this one had to fight to get the PG rating. They thought it was too violent. Just hilarious. Uh, DJ Hardy, Harder, sorry, who portrays Hammer, he's one of what I lovingly referred to as the surfer nappers kidnappers was also the second assistant camera operator on the film aside from one other acting role he continues to work behind the camera colt's name was originally intended to be pony however he is given a similar name called mustang which is only in the international versions of the film and even though the film centers on ninjas none of the cast members had any training of ninjutsu whatsoever. I didn't even know ninjutsu was a thing. <laughs> oh, I'm just showing my karate kid. I, I, I don't know any of the lingo as we discovered. And so I, I guess I just thought ninjas were s someone who studied the martial arts. I did not know there was something called ninjutsu. Uh, the actual martial arts style that was mostly performed throughout all four films is karate. The video game that Tum Tum was playing in the bedroom, uh, that's the, all of the boys share a bedroom. We'll talk about that a little later as they, after they get home from their summer with their grandpa, was the original Japanese version of Super Mario Brothers 
3 that came out in 1988 for the Nintendo Entertainment System or an NES. Similarly, the box for this 8-bit console appears in the boys' closet later in the film. This can also be seen in the movie The Wizard, which came out in 1989. Slade, uh, he's the bad guy, has a degree in anthropology from the University of Southern California and currently teaches yoga. Michael Trainer, who plays Rocky, works in financial services in Washington, D.C., and still practices karate. And Chad Power, Tum Tum, is an assistant high school football coach in his hometown. So they did a little, like, where are they now thing. That's kind of fun. Victor Wong was the only actor to appear in all four movies. Yes, there were sequels. And it cost about $6.2 million to make, but it made. This is insane over 29 million dollars worldwide it was a hit we finally have like a a true hit as soon as it came out we haven't had many of those so that's lazy internet research i was i had to kind of scramble to find this they don't talk about three ninjas much if you can believe that uh (laughs) this is kind of one of those forgotten ones i was when i did the cold open i couldn't believe that my friend kelly got the answer could figure out the quotes. I was sure nobody would know what I was talking about. But let's just go ahead and dive into our spoiler-filled walkthrough of the movie. So exposition, intro, introduction of the conflict. It's time to meet the boys. Turns out they spend their summers with their grandfather who is teaching them the finer points of martial arts. Grandpa, incidentally, is played by Walter from Tremors. I'm hoping that means something to you and brings you joy. If it doesn't, I highly recommend you plan a viewing of the 90s campy classic stat. Like, as soon as possible. Get on that. Because Tremors is brilliant. We also get the line, a summer we would never forget. I mean, sold immediately. As we know, that is just, it's my cup of tea. It's what I like to hear. Then a montage follows of the boys doing a number of athletic activities. They're running with weights on their ankles, crossing fallen trees, carrying buckets of water, fighting with uh, karate weapons, uh, nunchucks, throwing stars. I think there's a sword in there and a stick. Those probably have real names. I don't know. Uh, Doing a lot of acrobatics, jumping out of trees, trying to hit their elderly grandfather with said sticks. You know, just normal summer stuff. Following the shenanigans, they are given their ninja names, Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum, and we learn that their dad doesn't quite approve of their ninja lessons. Cut to a shady warehouse where some kind of a deal is going down, looks like a weapons deal and an FBI sting. The baddie named Snyder uh, gets away because he also likes ninjas, especially as backup. So they just kind of, you know, drop from the ceiling. Very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-esque. Um, there's, it just occurred to me that there's a lot of ninjas slash karate in my list. Intra. <laughs> I don't even really care for it all that much, but that's interesting. The conflict, um, a bit of a surprise. Grandpa used to be Snyder's partner until his daughter married Sam Douglas, the FBI agent, and Snyder is none too happy with Grandpa or Douglas, Uh, and it's reiterated again that he hates martial arts, such a curious thing to hate, so he decides to pay Grandpa a visit. Snyder's going to go find Grandpa because he wants this FBI agent office back. 
That night at dinner, still at Grandpa's house, the boys review the tenets of a ninja, and it is emphasized that you should never use your ninja skills against anyone weaker than you. I mean, perhaps Grandpa's way of appeasing his son-in-law, I don't know. Um, it, they never really explained what they were partners in. I, I don't think Grandpa was shady. I don't think Grandpa was shady. Part of me wants to believe he was. Um, I think that would have made for a, a much more interesting movie, but... Um, so Snyder shows up, right? He interrupts the meal with a drive up in a limo and a gaggle of ninjas. Is there a name for a group of ninjas? We're going to go with gaggled. That's probably wrong, but they jump out with swords. So Snyder was riding in this limo with all these ninjas. Interesting. The boys go into ninja mode themselves and start defending their home, totally kicking the gaggle of grown ninjas men's butts. Then Snyder calls a truce and asks Grandpa to get his son-in-law off his back for a couple of weeks. The request turns into a threat, and now Grandpa has a big problem. Uh, so a few things to note as we leave this first section of the film. Grandpa's stunt double is horrible. Not in skills. He, he's a fine ninja. But just a horrible attempt at masking that it's a double. The hair is obviously different. It's also very obvious that they've stuffed a pillow down a grown man's shirt so it looks like he has a belly like Grandpa. And as discussed in the Karate Kid episode, I know nothing about martial arts, but the boys' skills are pretty impressive. I mean, kudos to the trainers that worked with them. I buy them being miniature ninjas. <laughs> Snyder's right-hand man looked familiar to me, uh, was driving me crazy. So obviously I paused the movie and IMDb'd him and turns out this is another kind of obscure. I don't think it's obscure. It's probably obscure. Um, 80s movie that he played Sub-Zero in The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just another classic that deserves a rewatch or first watch if you haven't seen it. Again, it's campy. Uh, it's about um, almost a reality television show that goes awry where it takes criminals and forces them to try to get through this course. Uh, and then they have grown professional men, um, one that looks like he's wearing a diaper, to try to stop them. Most of them end up dead. So, um, and then finally Snyder looks a lot like Steven Seagal. And I, I wonder if that was on purpose. I think I would like to believe that it was intentional. Steven Seagal was never one of my favorite actors. I always preferred Jean-Claude Van Damme over Steven Seagal. Uh, but there's, there's a striking re resemblance between these two. Which leads us into the rising action. So the boys return home after the summer with Grandpa, and Dad barely has two seconds for them. He's in the middle of the Snyder case. He jumps in a car, is like, hi, guys, and he leaves. They were gone the whole summer. That kind of makes me upset. We also learn that Colt has some kind of an issue with his mom or just anger management issues, and Rocky is a, a little girl crazy. She's, he's got this friend named Emily. Then we get a scene with Snyder, who has decided to escalate the situation immediately. He didn't even really give Grandpa time to do anything. <laughs> do anything. So he's gonna, he wants to have the kids kidnapped to get Douglas off his back. We're just going to call him Doug. To get Doug off his back. An employee of his suggests hiring some surfer dudes who did a similar job for someone else. Enter the incompetent antagonist. There's always some kind of incompetent antagonists within a kid's movie. I mean, just think Home Alone. <laughs> That's a perfect example. We then get the boys in their room, 
bummed about school starting the next day. They share a room. Is that weird? I'm it, the the house wasn't small. There didn't seem to be a necessity for them to have to share rooms. It just surprised me that they have a set of uh, some bunk beds and then an individual twin bed in there. I mean, it's a very large room, but usually your three children don't share the room. I mean, you think of almost like the nursery in Peter Pan in this situation. They seem to really like it, though. Uh, it's just kind of surprising. Then... We cut to Grandpa, who's training in the moonlight, knowing he has to protect his family. He's trying to brush up on his ninja skills. Then it's the next morning, and the boys, plus Emily, Rocky's crush, are riding their bikes to school. The surfer nappers are waiting for them, but get foiled when they rear into cop car. And poor Emily falls behind, so Rocky goes back to look for her. She's been stopped by the neighborhood bullies. Again, there are always bullies. There are always bullies thinking of like a Christmas story. There's always somebody in the neighborhood that causes trouble and they steal her bike and she's ticked, you know, not really at her, not really boyfriend for letting it happen. Emily's are very dramatic. If you know an Emily in your life, you'll, you know, I don't think they mean to, to be dramatic. It's just, they don't know how to deal with their emotions. <laughs> okay. I'm probably speaking about this, Emily. That's okay. So not sure what this with the sitches next gym class it could be recess just time to kill before school starts guess it doesn't really matter it just ends up that colt is on a basketball court with a buddy and they're bouncing a basketball back and forth to each other and this friend can't even catch a, a bounced basketball um, so it's a little rough when the bullies show up and steal the ball rocky jumps in and agrees to a game two on two to get the ball back but the bully ups the ante if they win they get Rocky and Colt's bike, but if our ninjas win, they get Emily's bike back. Turns out their ninja skills translate to hokey basketball skills, and they win easily, even spotting the bullies nine in a game of ten. So that the, the basketball scene was really rough. There was no way they should have won. There was no defense being played. Um, the, the kid, the boys could just jump way too high. They have just an intense vertical. It was definitely a 90s kids movie vibe. That night, though, the kids are, they get a babysitter, a scary lady in curlers. Colt also connects the bad guy and his dad, his dad is hunting to the man that showed up at grandpa's house, Snyder, and the FBI agent, um, so that he finds this out at his house. One his mom knew. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, it's, it's in a file on your dad's desk. So he's just left a file sitting on top of his home desk. I mean, that's a violation, right? Right? I mean, FBI agents wouldn't just do that. Isn't there like classified or uh, secret information? Do you really want your kids to know or even your family to know who you're hunting? Uh, obviously, I don't know much about the FBI either. So while the boys are working on their homework, the surfer nappers disguise themselves as pizza delivery dudes and get into the house and then lock the babysitter in the closet. They are nice. They do leave her with the pizza. Colt sees the invasion go down and the boys start prepping in their rooms. Rocky wants to call Emily, but Colt thinks this is the time to show their dad that their ninja skills are useful. You know, three kids going up against guys with guns. It just seems like a brilliant idea. Why they didn't just call the cops and deal with the surfer nappers until they got there? 
is never explained. So we then move into Home Alone mode, the kids using items found around the house and their mad ninja skills to best the surfer nappers. And once again, the stunt doubles look nothing like the actors themselves, but their plans go awry when Snyder's right-hand man, Sub-Zero, shows up and grabs the kids. So that kind of leads us through the rising action to the climax of the film, uh, the big fight. So Grandpa talks, so the boys are now kidnapped. Snyder takes them to a ship because he's just hanging out on a ship in the harbor. Um, Everybody seems to know where he is, so this seems like a poor life choice. And Grandpa goes and talks to Doug and asks him to give him an hour to go find the boys uh, who have been taken to the ship. So he's like, you know what? I know how Snyder works. I was his partner. I trained him in his ninja skills. I need to be the one to go find them. I I'm a ninja. And as he's sneaking on the boat, the kids, uh, being mischievous, precocious kids have escaped their containment and start wreaking havoc again. There are a number of great fight sequences before they come to, uh, they come across Sub-Zero, <laughs> who almost gets the best of them. Grandpa finds them, though, and reminds them about their training at the very beginning of the movie while they're in the woods training with Grandpa during the summer. He has dropped um, a, a dummy from a tree, which looks disturbing because it looks like he's hanged a man in the woods. Um, and he shows them very specific spots to kick and punch on this on the human body. And when the kids hit the right spots, it lights up the eyes. So those are the spots you need to find to, you know, stop someone, um, to there's a word to make them fall down. I've completely blanked on the word. So we're just going to keep going and pretend that didn't happen. It ends with the ultimate showdown between Grandpa and Snyder, Grandpa's former student. The stunt double appears to have a, again, a pillow shoved down the front of his gi to make us think he's grandpa with a belly and as Snyder is about to lose he pulls out an automatic weapon only to have the FBI stop in it step in and stop him there is no falling action conclusion to speak of really the movie is just kind of over Doug leaves work early <laughs> his partner's like hey we've got evidence we have to collect he goes no what you know um I need to go have pizza with my family and now it's okay for the boys to still, still see grandpa and continue their training because throughout the film, that was the threat hanging over their heads that their dad was going to stop them from seeing their grandpa, which is, is a lot, uh, especially a grandpa that obviously cares for the kids and is good with them just because you don't like the martial arts business. I don't know. And the end. Um, so yeah, that was three ninjas. If you haven't watched in a while, the kids are great. And, and, as I mentioned with Little Giants, it really is the actors and the chemistry between the boys that makes the movie. It's, again, hokey as all get out. It's unrealistic, but it's just fun. Um, there's a lot of, uh, as Kelly quoted, Rocky loves Emily and the, the joking about the flirting with the girlfriend, um, the conversations about that, you know, we're better together. We're better when we're work together, which is probably one of the life lessons that, you know, you can try to face something on your own, but if there's somebody that can be there to have your back and, um, work with you, that's kind of always better. And I think another life lesson is probably remember your training. I mean, if you get some, but taking that time to, when you're in a situation, say, you know what, deep breath, I know how to handle this and go. 
there's not really a lot of life, life lessons. My suggestions in life lessons would be call the police if someone breaks into your house. Don't go all home alone on them because uh, you might get kidnapped. Um, also fascinating about this movie is that connecting Emily's bedroom to the boy's bedroom is one of those can telephones that are attached to like uh, desk lights with the arm that moves up and down, uh, but there's no string. So I don't know how that works. It is just attached to this arm. It's, it's a magical can. Uh, that's not a life lesson. It's just something I want. It's just something I want. And also, oh, so in that Home Alone scene, uh, Colt goes down the hallway because there's a giant room that their mother is redoing and everything is covered in sheets and it's dark because the, the lights don't work in that room and she's obviously painting and he finds a spray can and he takes his ninja mask and he sprays his mask white with spray paint and it dries immediately. I would also like some of that spray paint. It's, it's magical 90s spray paint that... Um, should stick around. I, I don't know why that's not a real thing. So that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's the movie. Uh, final wrap up character recasting. No, I didn't love Snyder, but he played the part well. So, you know, I, I don't really see the need to recast him. Um, the boys were all great. I, I did watch the second one. I don't believe I went on after that. I do think I had a big crush on Colt, who was also in the movie Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks as his son. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I'd recast anybody. Maybe a more um, athletic grandpa, even though I love Walter from Tremors. Sometimes maybe they could have just had the stunt double be grandpa. It's not like he had a lot of lines. That way it was a little more believable. Uh, does this or did this need a sequel? Sure, why not? It got them. So I, you know, these boys have these skills. They should get to show them off for more than one movie. Rewatchability, absolutely. It is not one of my go-tos. It is one that I felt the need to purchase, though, because I own the DVD. So I, it is fun to pull out from time to time. But what do you think of Three Ninjas? Have you seen Three Ninjas? Do you love it as much as I too? Which one was your favorite ninja? You have to have one. I mean, Tum Tum eats a lot, which is also fascinating because if I ate that much and then tried to do some of these moves, moves I, would, I would be very sick. I would be very sick to my stomach. But you know, that's about it for today. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Really, it is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you've subscribed so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review. But only if it's nice, please. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as A Bit of Fun with Emily. Hey, go have yourself a bit of fun today. And I will see you next time.